I've read every reference to heaven. There's 327 of them in 313 verses in the Old Testament. And none of them refer to the eternal rest that you and I are aware of. They refer to a place where God dwells, where he resides, where he rules from, where angels inhabit. It talks about the windows of heaven being open and, and blessings. But, but it, it, it is not no reference in the Old Testament about the heaven that we know about today. A heaven that has walls of jasper and streets of gold and 12 foundations and mansions that are there and, and, and none of this is promised until the New Testament. Before Jesus came, the old saints that died went to a place of rest in the heart of the earth. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus talked about the rich man and also Lazarus. It's not a parable because he uses his name. Anytime it's a parable, it'll say a certain man, but it talks about the rich man and it talks about Lazarus. So this is not, it is not something that is a parable, but it is reality. And the Bible says that they, the rich man died and went to hell and he was in the place of torment of the flames. But Lazarus, the beggar, was in Abraham's bosom and was comforted. The rich man went, wanted Lazarus to give him water and also wanted to send a messenger to his five brothers to warn them not to come to this place of torment. It's not until we get to John chapter 14 do we see it mentioned of mansions and being with God. He said there that in my father's house are many mansions and if it were not so I would have told you but I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you then I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. It was Jesus hanging between heaven and earth when a thief looked at him and said, Would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And he said, This day you shall be with me in paradise. When Jesus died, he went into the heart of the earth. In Matthew 12 and 40, he said, As Jonah was in the belly of the um, great fish for three days and three nights, he said, So shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Colossians tells us in chapter 2 that he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly and triumphed over them all. He took the keys of death and of hell and crossed the gulf and he preached the gospel to the Old Testament saints because in Hebrews chapter 4 he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He moved the saints out and took them with him to heaven and it is believed that Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 14 happened during this time when the Bible says that hell enlarged itself and opened her mouth without measure. You see, he, he then picked up his body on his way back through and ascended to the right hand of the Father and he is there making intercession for you and for me today if you're thankful for it give him praise 
My point is this morning that the Old Testament saints served God in order to possess a land and have dominion on the earth. Their heaven was on earth. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 21, it says that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. So all of creation understood and the Old Testament saints, they was not looked, they didn't have a, a book of promise, they had a land of promise. They weren't looking to go to heaven. They believed that God was the God of heaven and of earth. And so they did not know the heaven that you and I know today. All of creation has a special relationship with alignment. With its creator, Genesis 1 and 1 said, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1 and 3 said all things were made by him and without him nothing was made. Colossians 1 and 16 said for by him were all things created that are in the heavens and in the earth. Visibly and invisible. Whether it be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Now the earth is broken and under a curse. For Adam was cursed. In the sweat of your face, he says, you will eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken and from the dust you will return. Eve was cursed. And the Bible says that I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. The sorrow shall bring forth, that bring forth children. And your desire shall be to take your husband and he shall rule over you. The serpent was cursed. And was told that he would be accursed above the cattle and above the beast of the field. And he would now on his belly crawl for the rest of his days. The ground was cursed. And the Bible said from now on it will bring forth thorns and thistles. The earth is cursed but heaven is not cursed. It's a place of an un. Ending light. It is a place of life. It is a place of glory. It is a place of joy. It is a place of fellowship and worship. And there's no harm, no hurt. There's no ache, no pain, no death. It, heaven is full of light. And the Bible said, And God himself shall wipe the tears from our eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things have passed away. And there is a city had no need for sun. Neither for the moon to shine. For the glory of God is the light of that city. Amen. One place is perfect. And the other is not. But they're when they are properly aligned in the beginning, there was a constant flow from heaven into the earth. When they were properly aligned, there was no difference caused by distance. It was the same in the garden 
as it was in the heavens. The Garden of Eden was a place of divine order. It was a place of alignment. And in the garden there was no lack, there was no want, and there was no need. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, and the Lord spoke, uh, Lord God took man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. That word keep means in the Hebrew to guard, to protect, to retain, and to preserve. It is the same word used in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden and put cherubims there with flaming swords which uh, turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Man was to guard the alignment, the authority, the dominion that God had given him. And as long as Adam was in a line with God. He reflected God's glory in the earth. He reflected his authority, his dominion. He, he yielded forth this, the goodness of God in the earth. And he had everything that he needed. Man was as the moon. As long as the moon is in alignment with the sun, it reflects the sun's light because it has no light of its own. It's not, it's not the, the moon is not alive, it is, it is not on fire, it's a rock. But as long as it's in alignment with the sun, the light will shine forth upon it and give it power that is not of its own. The full moon occurs whenever the moon and the sun are in the most alignment so that everything that is in the sun reflects through the moon. And you see the great light even in the middle of the night. The same with us. As long as we're in alignment, we can reflect his dominion. But when you're out of alignment, there is no reflection on the earth. When the earth gets out of alignment, it does not produce fruit. It produces thorns and thistles that begin to grow. But here's something else. The night season, when life is at its darkest, if you can see the moon, I know that the sun is shining somewhere. Amen. And I, all I have to do is be able to see God. And if I can see God, then I know that, he, that his glory is still good. Amen. Because the Bible said that weeping may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. God created man, Adam, in his own image. He said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness, our reflection. So God created man in his own image. Created God created him, male and female, created he them. And as long as he is in proper alignment, he can reflect the image of God. He has dominion as long as we are in alignment. We have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. We have authority over everything that creeps upon the earth as long as we stay in alignment with God. Just like I know there's a sun by looking at the moon. The world should be able to look at you and me 
and know that there's a God because we're reflecting his authority and dominion in the earth. But if man is out of a line with God, he cannot reflect the power. Just like the moon cannot reflect the light of the sun without it being in alignment. You just need to tell your neighbor today, get in line. <coughs> you didn't have to whisper. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, get in line. Amen. Then God takes the rib from Adam's side and creates him a helpmate named Eve. And she's bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And she's in alignment with man who's in alignment with God. And, and, and earth is in alignment with heaven. And, and as long as all of this is going on, there is in a perfect alignment, there is a blessing that is coming. But then Satan spoke to Eve. And first he went to Eve and spoke to her. But the alignment wasn't broke until Adam fell. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14 said Adam was not deceived. Adam knew what was going on. God, Adam is the one that God talked to and told that you are to dress it, you are to keep it, you're to take care of the garden and don't be going to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But when Adam broke his alignment with God, it's a chain reaction through all of mankind. Amen. Everything comes out of alignment. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 22, it said, as in Adam all died. Woman got out of line with man, man got out of line with God, and earth got out of a line with the heaven, and the whole earth, the Romans chapter 8, I believe, verse 22, said that the whole creation began to groan and travail. Amen. When man is out of alignment with God, creation can no longer work for him. But it works against him. It opposes him through thorns and thistles. In Genesis chapter 4, we see that Cain kills Abel. And when the earth tastes the blood, it's an all-out war. In verse 12, it says, God, when that you till the ground, it shall henceforth yield unto her, not her strength. In other words, you can plow the field, you can till the ground, but you're not going to get up the production that you would have gotten because you're out of alignment. Amen. <laughs> the only hope for the earth to work for man was for man to get back in alignment with God. And that's the reason why we have 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and what? Heal their land. Do you see this? Another thing you need to see is the penalty of offering God or, or offending God or breaking alignment with God is eviction. While the reward of being in alignment with God is access. When Lucifer 
offended God and broke alignment, he was kicked out. He was evicted. And there was a third of the angels that lined themselves with Lucifer and they also were evicted. They had to go. When Adam and Eve transgressed against God and they were banished and driven from the presence of God and they were separated to never be able to return to the garden. After the flood and, and Babel, God speaks to man from the Ur of Chanladees and he speaks to this man called Abraham. And he says in Genesis 12 and verse 1, he said, Get you out of your country, of your kindred and your father's house unto a land that I will show you. Amen. In Hebrews, he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. It's not a land of harshness, but one that flows with milk and honey. There's iron there. There's stone there. There's brass in the hills. And there's gold in the rivers. Amen. James chapter 2 tells us Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Amen. In other words, Abraham began to walk with God. He was a friend of God. He aligned himself with God and what God said. In Genesis 13, he said he walked through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it. And he said, I will give it unto you. Chronicles 2 and 20 said, I'll drive out the inhabitants of this land and give it to the seed of Abraham, my friend forever. Amen. You see, they didn't have a book of promise. They had a land of promise. And if they were in alignment with God, <clears throat> then the earth got in alignment with heaven and reflected the proper alignment because it yielded the provision of the land. But when man was out of alignment with God, the earth got out of alignment with heaven and it was reflected in famine, drought, and even eviction. Amen. Even the mariners knew the storm was a sign that Jonah had got out of alignment with God. God gives Abraham Isaac and later asks for him back. And Isaac is on the altar and the ram is caught in the thicket, the, in the thorns. It's a type of curse. And when the ram is revealed and offered, then alignment is achieved. And now heaven and earth stand in alignment again. In Genesis chapter 26, there's a famine. But in verse 12... It said this, Isaac sowed in the same year. Isaac sowed in the time of famine and he gets a hundredfold return. Amen? Why? Because he's in alignment with heaven. Amen? He's in alignment with heaven. And because he's in alignment with heaven, it brings earth in alignment with heaven. And then whenever he, that alignment takes place, then the earth yields forth a hundredfold return, even in the time of drought. Blessings are brought because men recognize God's name and 
Even in the valleys, they begin to declare the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. The heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool and earth responds to that kind of alignment. Jacob now known as Israel for he's the prince of God. He's no longer out of alignment being the trickster, but he now aligns himself with the will and the plan of God. And he has 12 sons and one of them is Joseph and he's a dreamer. <laughs> he dreams and when he dreams, he dreams of, of heaven and earth being in alignment. And he dreams of the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowing down to him. And, and then he dreams of the sheaves bowing before him. One of them is heavenly sphere and the other is the earthly sphere. And they're both in alignment with him. So he was sold into Egypt and while there he heads, to the, heads up the distribution of the food during the time of famine when 70 of his family members are coming and he brings to them an increase because their promise was that they would multiply. And when the multiplication came it was heavenly, a spiritual sphere, but it was also of the earthly sphere. Amen like the stars of the heaven and the sands of the sea. Do you see it? He is, he is immeasurable. But there arose another Pharaoh that did not regard Joseph. He oppressed the children of Israel. And when he oppressed the people who were in the alignment with God, the earth showed its displeasure by fighting against the oppressor. And we know that, that the water began to turn to blood and flies and locusts and, and lights came and darkness came and, and lasted for three days and hail was mingled with fire and and it would fall from the sky upon their enemy. Fall, frogs crawled out of the rivers and got into their beds. The final death was an angel that passed through. And the target was the firstborn of everyone that was out of alignment. But if you took the blood and, and of a spotless lamb and you applied it to the doorpost of the house and the lintels of the house, it showed that I'm in alignment with God. And the death angel you would pass by and never enter into the house it didn't just work for the Jew but for the Gentile for the bond and the free for the male and the female for the young and everyone that was under the blood everyone that was in the house was spared you need to tell someone get under the blood and get in the house I said you need to tell somebody get under the blood and get in the house. Amen. I see the signs of the time fulfilling. Nations rising against nations. Kingdoms against kingdoms. Famine. The love of many are growing cold. The form of godliness but don't have any power. The trumpets are about to sound. The tribulation clouds are rolling in. And we see the God ungodliness that is upon our nation and around the world. The Antichrist is being revealed. The sea are about to be broken and the veil is about to be poured out. It ain't no time to be uncovered. It's time to get up under the blood. It's time to be covered by the cross of Calvary and make sure you're in alignment with God so that heaven can be in alignment with you. Oh, don't patty cake. 
you don't believe it, just forget it. But I want to tell you, I still believe in heaven. I still believe the Lord will return with a shout and with the voice of the archangel. And the trump of God will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we that are alive and remain will be. I know it's been a long time. I know it's been preached and preached. But I'm telling you, the signs are upon us. And you better get in the house. Amen. Get under the blood. The children of Israel walked free from Egypt's bondage, crying, carrying the spoils. And the Bible said there's not one feeble one among the tribes. (laughs) Pharaoh changed his mind and followed Israel out of the Red Sea. And it appeared there was no way of escape. The Red Sea was before them and the enemy was behind them. When all of a sudden the Red Sea stood at attention and raised up on each side. They were in alignment with God and now earth was in alignment with heaven. And when the Egyptians, whenever the children of Israel passed through, they passed through on dry ground because they were in alignment. But when the Egyptians came in out of alignment, the water began to swell, swallow them up and they were destroyed. The enemy of Israel was seen again no more because they had been out of alignment with God. You see, it pays to be in alignment. Israel is on their way to possess the land and while they're on their way, Korah and Dathan calls a revolt against Moses and Aaron who made this revolt to set, in other words, who made you Lord over us? We can hear from God too. You brought us out here, promised us a land flowing with milk and honey, and we ain't seen none of it. No, you didn't see any of it, but you did see ten plagues. You did see the Red Sea swallow up God's enemy. Moses said if you died a natural death, they would have never thought anything about it. But I'm gonna, um, today, you're going to be swallowed up. The earth is going to open up. You're going to be swallowed up because God is going to let man know that if you're out of alignment, there's a consequence to it. Amen. And his, the, the Bible said that the earth opened up, it swallowed them up, and, and, and they were no more. Over and over again and again, you see earth lining up and fighting for the people of God like, like Joshua. When he commanded the sun and the moon to stand still, and hailstones fell upon the heads of their enemy. I heard one say that the hailstones weighed a hundred pounds. Could you imagine getting hit with a hailstone a hundred pounds? God takes care of his own. I'm trying to tell you something. If you're in alignment with God, that heaven aligns up with you. And no weapon formed against you is able to prosper. 
Amen. Whenever you're in alignment with God and heaven's alignment with you, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against the enemy. If God be for you, then who can be against you? You see, they began to possess the land and God drives out the Canaanites. And because they, the penalty of being out of harmony with God is expulsion. And so they, they, they had to understand that you can't stay here and remain out of alignment with God. They came to the edge of the land in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And he said, if you hearken to me, I'll bless you coming in and going out. Bless your womb. I'll bless your head. You'll be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Amen. You remember? You'll be the lender and not the borrower. Your, your enemies will chase you one way, but they'll flee seven ways. But he said, if you don't do that, then you'll have a curse. Amen. If you don't do that, you'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the basket, cursed in the womb. You'll be the tail and not the head. You'll be the borrower and not the lender. You see, there's something about us being in alignment that will cause the blessing to flow to us. On and on till you come to the book of the Old Testament. And the last book of the Old Testament, God says... If you don't rob me of my tithe and offerings, then I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings there's not room enough to receive. But if you rob me, you will live under a curse. Amen. It's interesting to know that the last word of the Old Testament is the word cursed because that's, that's what is going to happen because heaven and earth are out of alignment. 400 years of silence between Malachi and Matthew. God says nothing. There's not a prophet. There's not a king. There's not a priest. There isn't a word from heaven. 400 years of silence between heaven and earth. It is out of alignment and it is under a curse until the curse is removed. Man could not reach God, so man came, God came to man. It's the law of God. That, that one that is offended goes to the offender. Right? Are you walking with me? The one that is offended goes to the offender. Man could not go to God, but God came to man because God had been offended by the offender, which was man that he created. And so he comes to him. And so God operates by his own law and goes and he wraps himself in the flesh. And guess what? Creation is coming back into alignment. Amen. Three wise men go and see the star in the east and shepherds hear the heavens host singing peace on earth and goodwill toward men at the age of 30 Jesus is baptized in the Jordan are you walking with me and the heavens are opened up and, and it says into the earth is, is an alignment because this is my son and whom I am well pleased he goes into the wilderness and is being tempted and when he comes out he begins to preach and the first word out of his mouth 
south on the Mount of Olives was exact opposite of what the last word in the Old Testament was. He said for one word in the Beatitudes, blessed are thou. Amen. Blessed are you. Part of the sermon is the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in the heavens. Jesus has come and he is bringing mankind back in alignment with God so that heaven can be in alignment with earth. So that everything that is in heaven can be accessed in our lives. He came to remove the curse. He came and brought God to man. He brought heaven into the earth. And Adam's first, first threw that alignment out. The first Adam. He messed it all up. But the last Adam came and he restored everything the first Adam lost so that you and I can know what it is to walk in alignment with God hallelujah if you're thankful for that give him some kind of praise today <clears throat> you see he's not the second Adam he's the last Adam because there'll never be another Adam come on somebody he took the water at the wedding and he, he, he would cause it to blush and become wine. He could curse the fig tree and it would wither away. He speak to the storm of the seas and command it to be still and it would be slain in the spirit. He could speak to the wind and it would obey his very voice. He could walk on the water on the fourth watch of the night for a midnight stroll. You see, he was God and he came to bring Bring alignment into the earth again. When the enemy, when we defeat the enemies of God, we can see the fulfillment of His word in our lives. And all we have to do to do that is to be in alignment. Amen. You see, Jesus came. And he defeated the enemies of God wherever he found them. Because there's no distance between him and God. Wherever he goes, heaven manifests. On the earth, blind eyes are open again. The lame are walking again. The deaf are hearing again. The lepers are cleansed again. The dead are raised again. Why? Because now earth is in alignment with heaven. But it's not over yet. He has become the fulfillment of the ram caught in the thicket. Because the thorns was a sign of the curse. And they placed the crown of thorns upon his head. And Galatians said he became a curse for us. For cursed is everyone that hangs upon a tree. In Isaiah 53 he said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. You see the Lord laid it all upon him. All of our iniquity. All of our sin. All of our sickness. Everything he laid upon Jesus in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God by him 
Hallelujah. I want to tell you, he, he was spat upon. His beard was plucked from him. He, he, his back was plowed with a cat of nine tails, but he did not sin, and there was no guile found in his mouth. He kept his alignment with God. He, 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 they thrust a spear into his side, and blood and water came out. It was a sign of birth, the birth of the church, the New Testament church, as it was that he would take us rib from Adam so he brings now a birthing into the New Testament church that we would know the alignment of heaven in the earth amen and then he goes three days he goes into the bowels of the earth and the Bible said that when he got up on that resurrection morning that all power was given to him in heaven and in earth I want to tell you he turns around and give it to you and me and said behold I give to you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you I want to tell you today that when you're in divine alignment the God of heaven will reign in your soul he will reign in your spirit and you won't be afraid of the devil but you'll put the devil out of your house you'll put the devil out of your life you'll put the principalities and the darknesses around you and say that there's an eviction notice coming to you because greater is he that is in me than the world that is coming against me. Colossians 1 and 20 said, I am having made peace through the blood of his cross. By him reconciled all things unto himself by him. I say whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. In other words, he said it don't matter where you are. If you're in heaven or if you're in earth, if you're in alignment with me, it's the same. Amen. He gave us permission and authority and a right to use his name. Huh? Here until you've asked nothing in my name but asking you shall receive that your joy may be full. Amen. The name of at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Where, where he said, in things in heaven and things in the earth. In other words, it doesn't matter where it's at. Whenever you use the power of my name, when you use the authority of my name, when we're in alignment, it works in heaven and it works in the earth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He said, whatever you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. He said, it shall obey your voice. I'm telling you today, there is a power in alignment. And when we will align ourselves with God, heaven aligns itself with the earth. And there is a manifestation of the supernatural. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience supernatural. You just got to get in alignment with heaven. And when we align ourselves with heaven, his goodness and his glory will be revealed to our lives. Amen. The earth travails for we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. 
The reward for pleasing God is access. And the penalty for not pleasing God or being in alignment with God is expulsion. Those that were against God in Noah's day drowned. And Noah got to stay. Jesus said there are only two in the field. One will be taken and the other left behind. There's only two houses. One's on sand and the other's on a rock. Those built on the sand are going to crumble and fall. Those who are built or in alignment with Jesus will be able to stand the test of the storm. Amen. I'm almost done, Anthony. Matthew chapter 13. Either we're wheat or we're terror. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels and shall gather out of his kingdom all things that are offended and, and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into the furnace of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. We got to get in alignment. So we got to get in alignment. A lot of folks say, well, where is God? What is God doing? He's waiting on us to get in alignment. Amen. I submit to you today that God wants to bless this you. He wants to bless the earth. He wants to bless not only this, this nation, but this, this, this world. He wants to bless us more than we desire it. He wants to show his goodness in the earth. But we got to get in alignment. Amen. We got to want it. I said, we got to want it. Wanting it means that we're willing to sacrifice for it. I preached here a Wednesday night. And my thought throughout the week was this. If God were to want to show his glory, because I heard the Lord say that, that he wants there to know the only weight he wants us to be on us is not the weight of the world, but the weight of his glory. But if God wanted to manifest himself, how many of us would be willing to change our schedule? Rearrange our life? Or does it really matter? We say we want the moves of God. We say we want to see the goodness of God. We come to church week in and week out. But are we willing to sacrifice to get in alignment? I've only been to uh, one of them places one time. They, a friend of mine talked me into going we were there and they said this will be this will be fun that's the last words you know you're in a mess when they say this will be fun you'll love it 
I went in there and that man started pulling on me and pushing on me and all kinds of stuff. I wasn't hurting when I went in, but I sure enough hurting when I got out. He said, this will do you good. Your back's out of alignment here, and you need this adjusted over here, and, and, and your lower back was out, and you, you kind of walking, you know, I said, whatever, you know. But it hurt for a little bit. But I have to say, later it felt better. You can't get in alignment without some pain. I know there's some here, Josh's therapist, and I, maybe we have some other ones. I, but I read some stuff this week that when you're when you are out of alignment, when your body is out of alignment, that it can affect every aspect. And it said even it can affect organs whenever your body is out of adjustment or out of alignment. It doesn't feel good when they get in there and start pulling on you and pushing on you, huh? The question today is, are we willing to go through temporary pain to get the weight of his glory? Are we willing to submit ourselves and say, I'm willing to, to, to give up some things or I'm willing to do some things differently. I'm willing for Holy Spirit to put, put his hand upon the pressure point of my life. That place that has caused pain and caused trouble and even caused bad feelings and emotions. Am I willing to surrender it to him so that I can get in alignment with God? I don't know, it's just a thought for myself. Am I willing to pay the price? And so I want to ask you today, are you willing to pay the price to be in alignment with heaven? So that the earth isn't fighting against you anymore, but the blessing of heaven is upon it. So that you hear his voice and you obey his voice. And as being obedient to his voice and being in alignment with him, heaven comes in alignment with the earth and the blessing of Abraham comes upon our life. Glory to God. Amen. So I don't know what to anticipate or to expect in this altar service this morning, only to tell you that I feel like I've shared my heart with you today. And whatever you feel that might be necessary, however you may feel to respond to that is all right with me. I have no preconceived idea. But I do know this, that if we were in alignment, we would see heaven on the earth. And I want to be one of those. I want to be an agent. I want to be one that will bring change. I want to be the one, the voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Amen. He's coming soon. Will you stand with me, please?